Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Transparency Talk. We're going to episode nine, and this is Charles with Word on the Street is. This is Adrian, A-S-C-W-A-L-K. And this is Shay at Shay on Purpose. Well, this episode, we're going to do Shay's life update, and then we're going <laughs> to go into our topic. Shay, go ahead, take the floor. Okay, it has been a lot going on. Mm. Um, where we last left off, I was in, um, I was staying with family. And um, I kind of told Charles a little bit about what was going on there. And it had just got to a point where it was just, you know, totally unbearable. It's, it's, it's a misunderstanding that because I have a bunch of kids, that it comes with a bunch of um, irresponsibility and a bunch of uh, mess and stuff like this. So a lot of things that was going on in the house was being shifted onto us. So, um, again, it just got to a point where we had to just, you know, get up out of there. But it wasn't like, you know, we left um, under good terms at all. Like, this situation pushed me to a point where I was like two seconds away from being disrespectful, which is something I was never raised to be. So you can only imagine how uncomfortable I was. And that's when I knew that I had to basically remove myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then it was hard on the kids because what we're taught and what we teach our kids is, you know, family is your forever. If you ain't got nobody else, all you have is your family. Mm-hmm. But what I've come to realize is that family can be more harmful to you than a stranger can. And so we might just have been doing this wrong by teaching our kids to stay attached to a bunch of toxic dysfunction because it's familiar. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, when I left, of course, it was a, a huge adjustment for us, especially for the kids, because we were detaching from things that were, you know, just very familiar. Like, our family was very close-knit, and it was like we shopped together. Um, we went on vacationing together. We talked daily. Um, basically, hung out at each other's house, maybe spent the weekends, even though we all live in the same city. So, it was very, very tight-knit. So, to have that to just basically... Um, you know, break down the way it did. It wasn't, you know, an easy transition, you know. So, um, also when that was going on, you know, I was, that's really when my business was really booming. And for those who have listened, you guys know that I have an event company. So, we picked up a lot more stuff. COVID's been good to your business. Very good. Very good. (laughs) So, not only do I do the cakes and the treats and stuff and the the backdrops and all that, we also picked up, um, Balloonery, so that's something we now offer too. Mm. Yeah, and we also picked up traveling anywhere. So you, you know. guys do like those balloon walls and the arches and stuff like that. Yes. Oh. Yes. So all y'all that are planning baby showers and birthday right. parties and quarantine parties, <laughs> hit her up. Yes, check me out on Styles for Days, and even um, repasses, honey. We're not gonna limit it to. Oh, this. we're not gonna limit we it to every, anything. Everything. Yeah, uh-huh. we there at the birth, leading into the wedding. And I'll do a divorce party, too. That's what y'all trying to do now. (laughs) They have those. And then we can even do a naughty party when you're ready to get married again. I don't know. So, (laughs) but yeah, so that was really transitioning for me. But being in that hostile environment I was, there were times that I could not even um, fulfill my orders or even, like, use the kitchen and stuff like that. So it, it it was really, really hard and really stressful. And at some points, I felt like, you know, I was almost at my breaking limit, especially because I just had a baby, too. Um, I want to say Devontae is maybe like six or eight weeks old when all this stuff was manifested. That's yep, when that's this, right. we were, yeah, he was a baby. He was a baby. When I think they last heard him on one they of the last recordings. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sure y'all did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was very much a baby. And, um, you know, that was hard because one thing that mothers can go into is poor postpartum depression right and um, because I had a bunch of kids and a business I didn't really dive too deep into that but I can definitely say that I once thought that it wasn't a thing I just thought people just need a diagnosis for something but I can now agree that that really is it really is a mental thing that you can experience after having a baby and stuff so um you know that was going on and it was and hard. To, and to tap in on that, you can experience postpartum. It said it normally comes with life yeah. and death. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I didn't know that come with death too. Wow, I didn't think about that like that. Because even even mothers who you know terminate their yes. child, it comes with that. Too. You know what? You're probably right because I must say I don't know if I ever tapped on this before, but when I was 16, I got pregnant before, and my mother had forced me into an abortion, which. I'm going to say forces, it was her choice, but I will say that it probably was what was necessary mm-hmm. because, I mean, who knows what could have transpired. You know, I, I was not equipped to handle no kid at the time. I mean, I thought I was. I could have swore I raised my sisters and all that great stuff. But, right. <laughs> you know, so um, with that being said, I think that I have, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of kids, but I always think that I'm kind of making up. Mm-hmm. the one that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just a constant like, okay, God, are you now satisfied with me? Like, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't want to do that and this kind of thing. So you're right. I guess that is like a, a, a depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. How 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 are you with your relationship? What's going on there? So that has been very interesting. I mean, it's been touch and go. Now I'm going to say it's been more of a um, enough is enough. Okay. <laughs> I think I have reached my limit. Um, it's been, I want to say, 11 or 12 years. And any and everything that you can experience in a relationship, a marriage, um, parenting, partnership, um, all that stuff we have experienced. Right. And when I say everything, I do mean literally any and everything. Um, I started weighing out the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know. And what I can tend to lean on and draw in more is more bad than good, which is, which is, you know, not good either. I guess I was just really overlooking things Mm -hmm. for the sake of family. Um, This may be all he has. Um, I'm a caregiver. I want to make sure people are okay. I mean, I literally will pull over if we just went grocery shopping and I see somebody homeless, whether they truly are not, I wouldn't tell you, but... I tell the kids, hand me a bag, you know, take the lunch meat, and this, we'll go back to the store later, but, you know, get this to them. And even my kids come home from school, oh, so-and-so having problems at home. I'm like, they need to eat. They need some food. You know, we need to go over there and get some hugs or something, pray. What we got to do? I'm just like that. So it was really hard to detach myself from my relationship because I felt a sense of um, him needing, you know. And um, also, the kids, you know, I have sons and stuff, and I never had sons before now and from what I can see and heard from different people is that they need their father but what I wasn't paying attention to is that it's not that they need their father um, necessarily in a dysfunctional home mm-hmm. but the father can still be very much a father to their he son be present. and he be, can be present. present without being present, present. yes exactly mm-hmm. so um, also my daughters you know um, I'm very aggressive I'm very aggressive. And because I know my worth and my value, it's not really too much you can say to me. And that's not really um, a good look for my children. I have daughters that might mouth the way I do, and it might be a man that don't take that. My sons might, you know, not take a woman like me. Things can happen, you know. So I have to set them up in a better environment. Right. Well, before you go any further... Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and take a break because you're yeah. dialing into our topic for the day. Oh, I sure did. Yes, huh? you are. So <laughs> okay. we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you guys. Okay, listeners, we are back. So just moments before Shay was kind of getting into dysfunction and certain toxicity and that's our topic for the day you know separating from dysfunction and toxicity it doesn't mean that you haven't healed and uh, I kind of want to let Shay kind of go more in depth with her story in yeah. that topic okay well so to to um dive into that a little deeper is um I know that I've seen um I've seen my mother I've seen her really um control her relationship and her marriage to a point where um yeah there was a man in a home but I couldn't tell that he wore the pants and when I was staying there in the in the communal home I really seen that and I didn't like what it was but I had already become this person you know so much so that anything that happens in my marriage 
it was already anticipated for me to give those reactions that my mother had given and that I had given because that's what I seen and knew. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I kind of feel like at this point, it's probably beyond repair because not just what he's done, but I've done a ton of damage, you know, by leading that way. For one, like I said, leading, which is not even what I'm supposed to be doing in the first place. And just to take a break from right there, I I feel like one of the biggest growing points for you mm-hmm. right now is the fact that you can go ahead and admit that you helped contribute to right. the dysfunction or you brought some toxic traits into the yes. situation. So, you know, we're not here to, to be bashing, Correct. you know, just on one party side. We have to also identify ourselves and I'm glad that you are in a place that you are able to do that and still knowing how to move forward from that. Right. Why do you feel it's beyond repair? I feel like it's beyond repair because, um, you know, there's so much, there's so much damage that has been done and yeah, some things probably could be talked about, but we're, we're not really, either of us are not really people who, who can, um, I guess, forgive easily. Just like I said, when we talk and stuff, his reaction is already looking for what I normally would have given. So now we're we're arguing about that now. We don't even know what the topic is no more. It's just now we're arguing about you saying I was going to act and I was going to say and this is what I meant. You have no idea. And vice versa. Because, I mean, who say he might wake up a good day and call like, hey, let's go have lunch. And I'm like... Why you want to have lunch? Like, I don't even like how you just said that, whatever tone you just said in there. Even though it probably wasn't, but because before there had been this tone that was used, that's all I'm hearing. You know what I'm saying? And I also don't think it really can be repaired because of um, the kids. I I don't want to continue to be in a dysfunctional relationship with them around. I don't want them to continue to see it. I mean, whatever damage that may have been done, I have the ability right now to correct that and try to steer them away from that. You know what I mean? Have you guys tried counseling? We have not tried counseling. I mean, I guess that could be an option. You guess? Well, I'm... I'm, Okay, That is an option. That is an option. Okay. Even if just for the sake of being good parents to the kids... Um, I think he has a lot of baggage from his childhood. I'm going to, I'm going to veer to say more than I, but I've been able to learn how to cope better because I'm at a point in my life where I'm healing myself. And see, that's a thing that I, it's hard to cut you off. No, that, that is a thing that's big. You know, people look at counseling or therapy as a, there's such a negative connotation about that. Yeah. And we can't look at it that way because you guys have so much invested into each other and to your children and all mm. this time in history. And even though you guys have that time in history, you guys kind of are lacking in certain areas that right. you just need somebody to help outside put, uh-huh, put those things together because you might be healing mm-hmm. and you might like for me having these conversations over the podcast is it's a good release and it's a good thing for me to go, Hey, uh-oh, knock, knock, who's there? You're you're doing this wrong. You got to yeah. fix this about yourself. He doesn't have that outlet that you do. So he mm. needs somebody to help steer. And then you also as well need that outer person to tell you, okay, well, I hear that this is what you're telling me, but you're showing me that you're displaying something different. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you guys might just need that. And, you know, I mean, it's not to say that, uh, you know, it's it's repairable, but it's not irreparable either. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's it's definitely an alternative to at least give a try, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like I said, it's hard it's hard for us to see ourselves unless somebody tells us about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very much true. That's very much true. And I think that may be because um, I may have become more of a parental figure. I know that I used to talk mad shit. I'm not going to front. I used to talk mad shit about his family and how much of a crush they were, how much of a disturbance, the type of man he is because of that. However, I had to look at myself like, I'm sort of a crush too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I allow him to come. 
Um, it's been moments where he was not working and things like that. Like I was pretty much being his mother, but now I'm, I'm not um talking to him. I'm talking at him like his mother. There's a song Kelly Price and Stokely came out with. It says, not my daddy. It says, you're not my daddy. You're my man. I think it's time that you understand. Mm. And she said, I'm not your mama. Mm. I'm your girl. Mm. I'm your lady in this world. Mm. So, you know, sometimes I know like some people like in the South, it's like an old thing for the husband to listen to what the wife say, have mm-hmm. your wife be like, but you have to allow him to try to lead, even though it may feel like he's slipping or you guys are like, you know, oh, I'm unsure about this. Mm-hmm. You have to allow him as your husband to try to take a lead. You can't be the lion on top of the rock right. watching everything and being in control at all yeah. times. I know that because I've been that lion on that <laughs> rock trying to be in control. And it's like, yeah. how do you say you want something, especially you want a man, if you're not going to allow him to do his job, his due diligence? Well, I'm going to say definitely that. And I think that that, sh- that part of me comes from a lot of... Um, childhood trauma and disruption Mm -hmm. where I was not in control and I had no control. So at this point, it's like whatever I can control, I will. The only thing, the only control that I have relinquished would be um, my children when they've, you know, gotten older because I realized that I'd rather them grow with me than away from me and I'd rather help them through their trial and errors versus them be too afraid to share their life experiences with me. But as far as I'm concerned, it's like, no. And I've had a counselor, myself personally, before tell me that one of my um, biggest things that I have to deal with in life is that... Did you say yourself? Yeah. What school are you went to? (laughs) (laughs) What year are you graduating? I went to U2 University. Um, (laughs) U2 University. University. Okay. (laughs) DeVry? DeVry. (laughs) Maybe Everest. I don't know. But yeah, I you know, I I just really feel like I don't know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that has transpired just leaks over from my my um dysfunctional family. I mean, I can't even I don't want to even say I love them. And I'm not being mean when I say that. I'm saying him or the family. No, my family. Okay. I'm saying where these behaviors come from. I can I can agree with what you're saying because I, there is certain standpoints. I know you mentioned before that family sometimes hurts more than you know yeah. outsiders will, and yeah, the it's, expectation. And there's certain yeah. people in your family that sometimes you may have to release. You know you hate to do that, but yeah. like you know, like I said, certain events have transpired even in my family where I have family that does not communicate or speak with each other because of certain things that they just won't let go of and you know when certain you know respect has been broken certain disrespects have been expressed Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times you know the best way to deal with certain people are from a distance yeah you know very necessary so I understand what you mean by that however I don't think that you should use that as a crutch to destroy what you've already built with your own family. Hmm. Okay. That was good, Dr. Adrian. <laughs> He's a professor. I, I, I see this is a hidden talent. Come through. I, I get what you're saying. I totally do get what you're saying. And I can I can agree with that. And, you know, um, I guess it's just that I have I have a lot of stuff that was going on too um, during this split. Like my oldest, she was really afflicted with suicide. This is not her first time or maybe even her second. But it was at this point where she was literally on the phone with them and literally about to take her own life. And then my other two daughters had to pull up on her, you know, to deter her from that. And a lot of that came from um, things she experienced in our family, you know what I'm saying? Not my personal family at home, but like with my mother and other outside family too. And dealing with that, and um, now now I'm I'm bickering and badgering with my husband even more because I'm feeling like as a man of the house, you should be protecting and defending from all these things. And there's been certain situations that maybe she shouldn't have been put in had you stepped up 
You know, it's just, it was it's just a lot of um what did we say in the last episode triggers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot a lot a lot of triggers that put me on the attack mode. You have to learn to identify your triggers that way when they happen your response becomes different. Mm. You have that you really have cuz I see myself times stuff things happen and I realize what it is, but I realize what the place it used to took me to, but I have to realize I no longer live there. I have changed my address. Right. You have to want to change because you don't want the same results. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a, you're going to keep getting the same results if you keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. over. Also, mm-hmm. with the triggers, you have to learn not to react, but to respond. That's absolutely mm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially in a relationship. And because. Relationships are going to be relationships, but you have to, when, especially when you're in a new one, they're not the same person who's doing it. So you can't respond to them the same way that other person did because they don't deserve that. Maybe they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. However, like, you have to fight for what you want. Mm-hmm. And you have to also understand, you know, you and your husband, you guys have been on that up and down road. Mm-hmm. So right now, there's been, there's been, <laughs> don't, mm. there's been space in times <laughs> though, though, yeah. where, where now you guys have come into being different people than you were 11, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you guys have to completely re identify yourselves to each other, you mm-hmm. know? No, real talk. No, I see. I get what you're saying, but I honestly don't feel like he's willing to do the work. Like he's very, he's one of those people that are very content with whatever's going on. I have a drive to basically learn, absorb, and create, generate whatever the hell's going on. So I have to have a mate that can kind of match that energy, so to speak. So what has changed from eleven years to twelve years that you didn't realize in the first year? I was the fool. I t- he is authentically who he is and have been. I'm the one that was allowing it and looking for a change or um, for something to be different for me to be able to um, stay in the relationship with him. Like I was giving him chances to prove. You thought you could help him to become better? Yes. Yeah. And I was just letting him or having him around in the relationship to try to... Um, Live up to whatever it was I was looking for. Never accepting him for who he so was. So you expected the man of your dreams. Instead, you got the end credits that's already yeah. existed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, basically. I'm sorry, the pre-credits. Pre-credits, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Did he meet the prerequisites? Um, Partially. However, like I told him, he had met me in a cushion of life where I was getting a divorce mm-hmm. and I was trying to separate myself from that while still trying to maintain some kind of family normalcy for the kids to see. And um, and at that time, I guess, because I may have been hurting, I was looking to nurture. So did you turn something that was supposed to be seasonal into something that was that's, supposed to maybe be not so permanent That's what and I, it was temporary? Yeah, that's what I think. I definitely think now I definitely think that understandable. Yeah. So I know you said that you would be open to like a marriage counseling type thing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think he would agree to? I mean, at this point he is willing to agree to anything to keep his family. It's like, That's, no, it's like wrong with that? nothing's wrong with that except for I had to get to, to this place where I'm done. I'm no longer pouring energy. I don't, I don't even have the fight to argue. It's like, well, you said, I'm like, hell, shit, I guess I did, y'all. Or, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even have no arguments or nothing. He can come in disturbed about something. And I'm just looking like, okay. Does it work? Does that work? No, is it work that he's disturbed about? I'm just honestly speaking from the the outside. I have seen improvement from him because I remember, he. I mean, he's gotten better. Yeah, I, I know that you've noticed. Shut up. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I'm not. I'm just saying. I know no, he I, has had miniature improvements yeah. or improvements. But I feel like it shouldn't but, have got to this point yeah. for him to want to fight this hard. Okay. Like he should have taken it serious when I bring things. Like like I said, I don't have meaningless conversations. Like I, I the one thing I hate to do is repeat myself or waste time. Because where the hell is my time coming back at? There's no refund, no stores, no none of that. At your lowest point in the marriage, what was the biggest gap for you guys? How long was that gap? I'll say probably about a year. 
a year. Yeah. And from the time you first married him, what was the time frame for the first uh, plop of issues? Probably within a few months. It was... It was I'm talking about major issues, though. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, his his family was real heavily involved. Mm-hmm. And it, it was to a point where he... I don't even know if he knew how to push them off. Like, this is my family that I'm now creating. And this is where I am. And they're out of state, right? Which was crazy. That should be very easy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, heavily involved how? Because I'm pretty sure there's other people out there who have dealt with this situation. How are they so heavily involved and they're out of state and you have a family here in California? Well, when you've raised your children, because this is because I am a mother of sons now. What I intend to raise my sons is to be um, caretakers in their own home. Yeah, come see about your mom. Make sure I'm straight. All that stuff. Absolutely. Take out my garbage if you're driving past. But do you need to make me this forever part of your life? No. Because at at one point, I'm not going to be here. And I need to know that you are in your own family with your own children, your own wife. And you're happy building your own life. So you felt that he would make his family priority over marriage? No, he did. He definitely did. Example. Example being... um, Paint a picture. Help the viewers understand. Okay. So... um, for instance, we can be in the middle of, um, we'll just say like shopping or something. Mm-hmm. And an aunt or something will call just just saying hello or whatever. But it gets to be this extended conversation. I'm kind of like, can we wrap up the shopping and then you can call them back? But they like literally take precedence. Or um, let's say we were planning to do something. And somebody way on the East Coast needed him to come do whatever that was. He would drop whatever's going on here. And hop on a plane to go take care of that. Mm-hmm. But then have some expectations when he came back that he wasn't going to have to deal with whatever emotions I was feeling from. Basically, you just dipping off. Like, this is your priority. The same way that they needed him is what you're saying, that you you guys need him. Right, pretty much. He needs, he Has he learned that at all or no? He hasn't had a choice to learn it because his mother passed away. So and that was, was one of the strongholds. So how's he dealing with that? How's he dealing with the loss or being or having the to put loss. us in the fo- the loss? Um, I think that when he went back this last time, he probably kind of really dealt with it because she left him nothing. How long was he there for? Mm, maybe like six months. Oh. But I will say that part of that is because I don't just allow him to come back either. What was that? <laughs> hey, baby, D. No, I'm just saying, like, um, okay. you don't get to just come back and forth. And when you come back, we need to... Why did he go so long? Well, he claims that he was going to make some money. That's what his family always bait him with. Oh, you can come make this money to do this and do that. He gets there, and he it's nothing. He's literally calling me like, okay. I don't even have enough for food okay. or this, that, and the third, whatever. Yeah, the priorities... Definitely. Not there. At all. Okay. Non existent. I'm sorry, sir. So you are at <laughs> so you are at the point where you like, okay, I hear you about marriage counseling, but my head's not in the game anymore. Really? That's what the last few weeks I've really been feeling that way because I just like I don't I don't have care and concern, which I used to at least be like, Well, do Is he a provider? To a certain extent. Okay. So as far as that's concerned, I feel like I hold the financial weight as far as making sure things are handled in the house. Mm-hmm. But because he's always had his his mother facilitating his money or he'll give his money to whomever he's with at the time and they do whatever they want, he's kind of boxed me like that. And it's like, if I take care of the house, it's not like I take money from him and I go send it somewhere or spend it outside the house. It's in the house. Like, bills are paid. Kids are taken care of. Hell, if you got... You don't even... He doesn't even realize he does not have a drawer full of socks with no holes in them. Because I just provide what's needed when I see it. You see what I'm saying? So, it's a very a very provided lifestyle. And he tries to box me into these positions of, like, where he's trying to control different aspects that you cannot. Because you can't facilitate it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like... 
if he's better at um like he's better with helping the kids with homework because I'm short tempered. So then that's your thing. If I'm making sure the bills is paid, then that's my thing. I'm not gonna jump all into your stuff with the with the tutoring and stuff like nah, I wouldn't do that like that. Like so what's going on? What are you telling them? What's what's one plus one? No, I'm let you do your thing. As long as that's taken care of, homework is turned in, people are getting good grades. I don't need to be in that. Whatever I'm facilitating in, don't need to be. In a relationship to me, everybody don't need to be all involved in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why is it two people? You should be able to handle this, and I have trust and faith that that's handled. I don't need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I should be able to handle this. You have trust and faith, and don't worry about it. And then there are things that we handle together. So you feel that it's just time to let go? Do you? So after you're done, do you just want to be alone with yourself and raise your children? Well, I'm kind of happy with that, to be honest with you. I, I am a, a creature to myself. I don't have to have, be responsible for other people's feelings, what they have going on. Um, I don't have to um, nurture them. I mean, you know, being a wife and stuff, you, you have to pour in emotionally. Unfortunately, because of trauma that I have had that I'm still dealing with and trying to heal, we're not dealing with, but healing from, I don't have that. So to tie back into the topic, you're basically saying that leaving out of the dysfunctional toxic situation of your own family into your 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 general family to your maid family yeah. you walking away from that is not saying that you heal from that because you and your husband have brought in A dysfunctional yeah. traits so you guys weren't able to fully heal from that dysfunction and that right. toxicity yeah absolutely yeah i can agree with that I can definitely agree with that. So it's basically like we're, I don't want to say no good for each other, but you get, I'm I'm not sure how I'm wording that, but. You guys were two people, I guess as you could say it like this, we all weren't hurt per se, mm-hmm. but you could say two two broken people trying to mend each other back together and yeah. it just, it's hard to, to fix with the wrong tools. Correct. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, it, I, you know, I want the kids to have, him in their life, but her child and my other daughter was my previous husband. She, she, this girl lives a very cushioned life. She has a home at his house. She has, well, uh, I mean, a room in his house. She has a room at mine. Um, this girl get two birthdays, two Christmases. Like her life is so. My point is, we very much know how to co-parent, and her life is in like a little bubble. She gets mad at one of us. She want to go to the other house, and she has her whole little fully decorated area. And you know what I'm saying. So that can very much be. I did want more for it because who gets married to get divorced? That's never really the plan. Me. Oh, what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> wow. So that's never really the plan. And I guess maybe if I did see more uh, permanent improvement, mm-hmm. not the temporary, I'm sorry, but I would have, but there you did. There are no buts and sorry. Exactly. If I seen more of that, then maybe I would have been more preemptive. Mo- yeah, to motivated to try to repair something. But just, you know. And then if you've caused trauma, you don't get to tell me how to deal with it or when to be done with it either. It's not like you can't cause the issue. You can't um, be the defense attorney, the prosecutor, the judge, and the executioner. You can't be all of those. You did the crime. Now it's up to that victim to process that however they do. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break. Yes. And when we get back into it, we'll go into more dysfunction and toxicity okay viewers we are back we had a really intense first half um so i do want to kick start and i want to jump from the dysfunction and toxicity and like marriage and relationship and Mm -hmm. let's go into more so toxicity and dysfunction like in our everyday work life or friendship life yeah um how do you feel separating from certain dysfunction? Because, you know, we've all had dysfunction, especially in our friendships. Mm. I would say for some people, it's the whole you love me, but you don't like me syndrome. Ooh. That, okay, this might be another deep one. <laughs> this might be another deep one. <laughs> I felt that one. Yes. And I feel like our triggers are can be our traumas. Oh, wow. Definitely. And I feel like our traumas are can be caused by the dysfunction that other people bring in that they don't 
truly know that they're bringing in. Right. But it also can be, be triggered by people who intentionally trigger you because they know what you've been through or they know what you've gone through and they were there to, you know, experience it yeah. with you and they use that to, you play know, either it. play off of it to take advantage. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would say even in certain friendships, you know, like you spoke of earlier, being a bit better friend, more of a friend, being the only friend Correct. in the friendship, you know, I feel that the dysfunction comes where you're put in positions where, okay, like I'll tell you a story. Uh, the second DUI came, me and the associates, mm-hmm. it was only one friend in the group, but me and the associates, we went out, mm-hmm. and, you know, we we partied and went out to a club on the way home, just being immature mm-hmm. and making dumb decisions. We were racing on the freeway and, you know, we had just left the club. So, of course, alcohols and system were racing on the freeway. Yeah. They see the police. I don't see them. I'm just seeing the car. So I'm dipping in and out of traffic. Right. Jet pass, highway patrol. They come upon me. DUI. So after that, you know, everyone knows the person I raced and ended up picking me up the next morning from the jail. Mm-hmm. You know, bring me on back so I can, you know, get back yeah. to business. And so since that, you know, I have been put in a situation. I'm, you know, I had to deal with a three-year probation with this mm-hmm. and going to uh, DUI classes, 18-month programs. Uh, having to have a uh, ignition interlock device in my car, so I have to be able to blow in my car. Come on, transparency talk. In order to yeah, in order to start my vehicle. Shut up. And and randomly test you as you're driving. Mm-hmm. And I have to pay for that. That's like ninety bucks so a month. So you've got to pay for them to monitor you. That's ninety bucks a month. Jeez. The DUI class is about a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Jesus. Oh baby, I put a big dent in only oh, three hundred left. So you have to get a job to pay for this. That's a whole lifestyle. That that is a part-time job. Literally. And and so with the ignition interlock device, you know, it's not just that monthly fee for that. I also have to pay the service centers to do recalibrations. That's like $40 every month and a half. Oh, my God. So that's on top of that. If I ever get into a situation where I go out of town Mm -hmm. and I miss my calibration day, it locks me out. So I either have to get my car towed to the service center Mm -hmm. or I have to have a technician come Come to me. And that's almost $400. On top of the $80 uh, lockout fee that I have to pay for them. And that goes, and that lets the people know that, hey, on this date, X, this, Y, and Z. He, it was a lockout and he had to pay to get, yeah. yep. So, wow. literally, so, and then on top of that, you know, I had to do, I want to say a couple of days of, what do you call that? Swap. What's that? So swap is like an alternative to doing jail time. Oh, okay. like for me. So Cleaning I had to go to the stuff. jail and like clean up, mop okay. the floors, fold the clothes and stuff like that. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Eight hours a day. Separated from dysfunction. Yeah. So wow. so all all of this from being stupid and going out and and making wrong decisions. And I can't blame the people that I was with. You know, because I made the choice to to do it, you know. However, for someone to know that you're going through that type of stuff and they don't want to, uh, they don't don't inquire or even care to even know, hey, this is what you're doing. All y'all worried about is when is the next party? When is the next function? When we going to drink some more? You know, what's this? Oh, how much you going to put in on some food? And I'm like... Y'all worried about this, but I got it's points in time at that time yes. where I was, and this was even before my relationship. It's like it's before, you know. Sometimes I didn't have the extra to give. Yeah, yeah. I still got car note, insurance, right. phone bill, right, regular this, life on top of this, on top of this mm. other incurred debt. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I have to look at it as a debt. It won't affect my credit, but it affect my freedom. Freedom, yeah. You know? Hmm. And so for somebody else to, to just like, you know, push that to the side or or be null and void to it, it's just I don't know. It it, it just so, puts you in a place where it's like, uh, why are you still around these people that aren't you know, why are you still around these people that aren't really caring for your welfare or, you know, really trying to care about the the process that they assisted putting you in yeah 
you did you did all the main work, right? But you had assistance doing it. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying for nobody saying, oh yeah, it was because of me. I shouldn't even try to race you, nothing like yeah. that. But don't look at me and say, oh, you've been acting funny and you disappearing on me. No, I'm out here handling my business. Exactly. I have to do this. This is something. This ain't something I'm choosing to do. It's not something that I'm volunteering to do. This is stuff that I have, have to, to do. do. And so I can't allow myself. I'm definitely not in the space to be just going anywhere, having a drink and thinking I'm going to go somewhere. I can't do that. So do you think that some friendships are um, are just toxic overall? Like, like well, the friendships I'm speaking of, let me be specific, is the ones where it's, it's a lot of partying and, and a lot of mayhem and stuff like that. Do you think those kind of friendships are just toxic all around where no one's being responsible continuously? Yes, because if nobody's being responsible, a lot of people that aren't responsible continuously don't have responsibilities. Mm. So if you don't have anything to be responsible for, how can you be responsible? The mindset. The mindset. If you're used to scamming your way through anything, mm-hmm. you're going to scam your way through anything. If you're mm-hmm. used to being able to lay on somebody's couch and cook, mm-hmm. then that's what you're going to do. If you're used to just being able to say you're doing what you're doing because it's your business and that's how you're going to do it the way you want to do it, yeah. that's what you're going to do. do. You know? Yeah. So if you like, if you're not used to any real responsibility, and you could just run from it, yes, that's what you're gonna always do, and you're never gonna uh, face the truth because all you're looking for is to say, oh, oh, life is just so much. I need a break. break Let's party yeah. and drink and do this at the third. How are you taking a break from something that you not aren't even, even accustomed to dealing with? You're taking know. a break from responsibility. What you mean? what responsibility? Yeah, that's what they're taking a break from. And what's that? Life. What? Being responsible. But the life is partying. But but the life is partying. That's All not they, they don't want any type of responsibility, so they're going to take a break from it. Mm-hmm. I just feel that. <laughs> yeah, we're just going yeah, to have to move forward from on that, that one. <laughs> um, I just feel that, no, because at, at, at one point, you know, it's, it's it becomes... Now that you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're handling your business, you become a problem where you feel like you're better than the next person because you're not allowing yourself to be put in a similar predicament that you were already previously Mm -hmm. in. And a lot of times, instead of if somebody's not toxic for you in a friendship, Mm -hmm. they would be able to understand, hey... I know, oh, you taking this time to do what you got to do. I know it's nothing that I've done. I'm not saying that you yes. acting funny towards me or that you even thinking about me in this kind of way right. because mm-hmm. I know that you have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's my due diligence and my responsibility to reach out to you and do a welfare check. Hey, how you doing? How has everything been? You know, some people want to have the title of a friend but don't want to uh use the the definition of a friend no i agree with that i i have a couple people that i knew that i said the same thing like looking for me to always stay in contact and communication with like um i don't know if y'all know but i'm the one with the, the most responsibility in the whole entire america so, like, why wouldn't you take time to just reach out, like, hey, how you doing? Or you talking about I came past your house. Maybe because I got to pack down, like, five or six people. Maybe you, your one self person, or you and your child could come over and see how we doing and have a drink or eat or something. Or we just watch TV or something. Like, it's these one-sided friendships. Uh-huh. Very one-sided. And then the crazy part about it is you really start to see where the friendship is going. You really start to know exactly if that friendship is toxic or not because when you are in that space where you thinking positively and you doing, you're taking care of your business and doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. where you'll start to hear mm. certain things out. Oh, yeah, because I heard this, that, and the third, and you, you're over here and you feeling some type of way, you acting funny. Then you hear from another person, oh, I can't believe that you were doing this and you couldn't be at that. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like to yourself, I don't even know about that. I haven't been, you know. Even out like out that to, to even know. See. Right. I haven't been in contact with anybody. Like, I recently missed a funeral that I wasn't invited to. You were not invited to? I had to find out via social media. Were you close da- with this person? Two days before. Mm. Or they were just in This, this is transparency talk. 
there was some drama that had arose in September. Mm-hmm. I uh, hadn't spoken with this person six, since September. Mm-hmm. In November, I took some time out because we were supposed to be this big group of family friendship type thing. Oh. And so I took time out. You know, at this time in my current relationship, we kept going in and out of town, you know, mm-hmm. really like rewarding Didn't ourselves for all, not even that, and, and also rewarding ourselves for all the hard work that we've both been doing collectively, like separately and together. Okay. So, you know, I was out of town a lot, a whole lot this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Matter of so, fact, I think I seen. I was like, mm, I didn't get no invite again and again. And uh-huh. again. <laughs> yeah, literally, like last year, I was out of town a lot. So in November, mm-hmm. I had sent a message, sure did. A, a a long message, and wow. you know the my main purpose for the yeah my main purpose it was. dissertation yeah. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. it was because it was a lot of side conversations. It was a lot of like just different stuff that was being portrayed through the group that only one person who I count as a friend in that group would relate to me when it happened to the point where they would stop even talking about certain things in front of that person because they knew that that person was going to come tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so... I wrote a thing, and how I started, I said, hey, I'm not in town, because I really would like to do this lemonade in person. Yeah. You know, but I'll do it via technology for now, and I gave bullet points. Every bullet point had the person's name Shut and up. my qualm. Shut up. So, and everybody had it. At the end, I, I inserted it. I said, you know what? This is for everybody as a collective. I said, you know, these are things that I've been saying. This is a group text? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I said, you know, this is a lot of stuff that I've been saying. If you don't like what was said, it's already been said. It can't be taken back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you choose not to fuck with me because of that, that's fine. Right. Because it already seemed like half of y'all don't even fuck with me. Like, I Didn't fuck with y'all 100%. Except for said person. Uh, you know? And I was just, I left it at that. One of the persons who was supposed to be, like, the parent figure of the family, no response. Wait. Nothing. So, the... Adult in mm-hmm. the group didn't say anything. Nothing. Okay, continue. And so the other ones, the one that recently passed away, mm-hmm. she said, oh, "I'm not about to do this and go through this over text message. You can call me separately." This and the third left the group. Mm. Next person said, "I'm not reading this." Left the group. The other person was saying that they weren't going to read it, but they ended up going through. He was like, "Oh my god, it's different parts, it's paragraphs. Like you yeah. really have stuff on your chest." Yeah. And so nothing. And so. Nobody had anything to say in, in, in as, as far as that goes. So then we fast forward. Um, I'm in L.A. in January. And I'm getting a call from the friend of the group saying, hey, we're on our way. We're rushing out because we just heard this, that this person, this person heart stopped. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, let me know what's going on. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not the type of person to be like, okay, we weren't talking. I'm not going to just be like, okay. I do still remember we had positive times yes, in, in friendship or whatever the case may be. We might not have spoken, but, you know, I'm not going to be, like, cold-hearted to the point to just be like, oh, you're just mad. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, let me know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, she ended up passing. And so, it was just crazy for me because I'm out of town. So, of course, there's nothing I could do. But even if I was in town... It's not too much that I was going to do, to do either. Okay. You know, I I made sure that I reached out to her mom, you know, to yeah. pay my respects that way. But it's like what I realized is one of the people that I addressed in the message, mm-hmm. when I tried to call their phone, they had me blocked. I had to go to another person just to be able to get through. And that just kind of let me know, don't try too hard. Mm. So anyway, as time goes on, I've still been wow. waiting to hear about mm. these Funeral arrangements. Uh-huh. Funeral arrangements go by, no, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I literally, I had, I just bought a new car recently. Oh. So, the, the week of the funeral, mm-hmm. I would have known it was that week. Mm-hmm. But I, at the beginning of the week, I went and I went to go test drive a car. I was talking about all this other stuff. Being that I had the ignition interlock device in the old car, I had to tell them we can go through all these processes, but I have to make an appointment to get this pulled oh, yeah. out so I can come pick up the car to get it, it reinstalled. Right. So we had all this taken care of on Monday and Tuesday. 
I see the post about the funeral on Wednesday after my appointment was already set for Friday, which is the day of the funeral, funeral. that I had to also pay $500 to secure that appointment to have that work done. So, in my head, I said, well, you know what? I said to myself, I said, I'm going to try to make it to the funeral. If I can't make it to the funeral, I just can't make it. Yeah. But I'm going to try to go. You know, I I don't have a reason to, like, not want to go. Mm -hmm. But if I can't make it, I can't. It's too much hard work trying to get the appointment scheduled. This dealership ain't going to hold this car for For forever. So, I'm like, I got to do what I got to do. I'm still handling my business. So... Fast forward, we get to Friday, I get my car together, we go to the place, they get the stuff out the car in like 40 minutes. I'm like, oh cool, so when we do this turnaround, it ain't going to take that long. So I'm doing that, I got to go back home and get the title so I can go finish the process. I get to the dealership, sign every paperwork so they can release the new car to me that Mm -hmm. takes 15 to 20 minutes max because it was already done. They just had to print out the paperwork so I could sign. Mm-hmm. Literally, all that's done. I said, Okay, I'm on my way. I'm back to the place. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there, and they were like, Oh, this is a newer car, and we're gonna have to like rewire this a different way. So I'm like, Okay, maybe 30 minutes may turn to an hour. It's 11 o'clock at the yeah. time. So we waiting. I could, I called Charles. I said, mm-hmm. Hey, what you doing? Oh, where are you at? Oh, come pull up on me. He's yeah. like, okay, I think you were getting a car wash, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay. Literally, Charles can even tell you, I, I was there. He came. We drove somewhere. We were sitting there talking. He left. I'm still sitting there. I sat there for two, almost two and a half hours. Oh, my. For them to reinstall the thing in my car. And by that time, I clearly missed, missed the funeral. Yeah. And so, you know, nope. But like I said, the funeral that I wasn't invited to. So, mm. that like, the day goes by, you know, uh, Bay yeah. gets a car too, same day. You know, we're like, okay, well, you know, I got this because we were, we're still in the peak of the shutdown. Yeah. And Bay's birthday is in February. So, we couldn't figure out a location for like anything at that point yet. So, we were like, I was like okay, if we can't do like a party or dinner for you. Mm-hmm. Just go get this car that you want. Oh, yeah. So, we that went, cool. did that. We both got cars on the same day. I did something. So, the day goes by. We unwind and we're home mm-hmm. watching watching movies, eating mm-hmm. dinner. And I start to get messages to my phone. And I'm like, who is this? Mm-hmm. So, I look at the phone. And I get a message saying, oh, I just can't believe you. You really didn't show up to the funeral. It's nothing you could say to make me change my mind. About and you, what? And you know me. I'm very much, watch how you approach me because mm-hmm. I'm going to go there with mm-hmm. you. So I'm, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. And so we're sitting there, we're going, we're having this back and forth. And even Bay is like, don't give it too much energy. Yeah. You're giving it too much energy, yeah. you know, just let it, let it go. I'm like, I'm like, right. I understand what you're trying to convey to me, but it's like. They got me dumb. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've done everything that I was supposed to do. Why is it that people are still talking about certain things? Like, no, I said, you talking to me from an ignorant place. You don't even know where certain things is coming from. I haven't seen or talked to this girl really since September. The little two messages she sent back to that group chat wasn't a conversation. I haven't talked to her since September. Right. Right. We are now in a whole new year. And we're doing this like like when she was when they were trying to figure out what was going on, they expected me to leave LA for somebody that I hadn't talked to since September. Stop doing handling the business I had to handle to go out there. And I I don't mean to sound rude over this podcast, mm-hmm. but if somebody's dead and I'm in LA, me coming back to the bay ain't gonna, gonna resurrect that. nobody. That sound like when my husband went to Virginia for a funeral, I said so, did he know you came to his funeral? Because what the hell was the urgency? Oh, Jesus. No. Not to be disrespectful. No, but I'm just saying. But I get what you're saying. So, it's like, you know, and I just feel like. Wow. It's, it's, and it's not, that's not the only person, though. It's just a different day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been doing my due diligence just to be focused on myself. Mm-hmm. I haven't divulged the details to many people about the situation yeah. going on with us. Because I feel like, you know, me, I'm grown one. Two, I'm professional. Three, 
it's not that important to have to explain to some outside parties like this every single person oh I don't fuck with them no more or this that and the third you know you have to know how to keep that type of professionalism about yourself everybody doesn't have that type of maturity so it's like for me for, for me to have to like vaguely say you know we're not in a good place. Right. You know, mm. we haven't been in a good place. And it's I did not show up to this funeral because I didn't want to. Circumstances prevented that. Yeah. But nobody, I, and, I, and to be honest, some of the people that were sending me messages, I'm like, you of all people should understand that because you definitely don't show up to things that you can show up to. Well, I did this and I did that. I'm pretty sure you did. You did that for free. Well. So it just it okay. just it heightened my my to stay on topic, mm-hmm. it heightened my uh, understanding of how toxic it was to be around these same people because even being away from these it was people just yeah. is, toxic. is still toxic. What they allow, what they spew spew out yeah. is just toxic. And I'm so glad that the friend of the group mm-hmm. is starting to distance himself. And start focusing on himself and building a relationship with somebody he's building a relationship with. Right. And he's starting to, like, cut back and, like, literally do his own thing. Oh, that's I'm good. so happy for that, you yeah. know. And it's not that I'm saying I'm happy for it because I want him to be separated from yeah. the people, per se. Right. But I want him to be separate from the actions and the dysfunction. The toxic part of the it. The toxic part, mm-hmm. you know. It's not worth it. Wow. It's not worth it. Financially, it's not worth it. I can I can attest that. I'd rather be throwing these $500, these extra $500 a month mm-hmm. elsewhere than to True. court stuff, uh, drunk stuff, and all this other stuff. Right. <laughs> that situation has made you better. Absolutely. Wow. It's made me aware. That's what I was going to say. Became mm-hmm. aware. Wow, well. And for for our um l- listeners, if we have any that have gone through like any DUI programs or any AA meetings, um, you know, it has been a good update for me. Uh I used to be a crazy drinker. Um these two at the table can attest. But yeah, you yes. know, we have had fun. Yes, I, yeah, we've had fun. God has been a keeper. But I I have changed <laughs> Thank um you, Jesus. A lot of my ways of consuming alcohol, I haven't stopped because I feel like the problem wasn't in the act of the drink. It came with with the drink. Once yeah. I made the drink, I'd stop being conscious of of my mature decisions to make. Right. So I have stopped drinking alcohol straight. Like oh, completely, wow. I I only drink like mixed drinks. Um, and socially, do, uh, yeah. socially, I drink mm-hmm. wine and like champagnes and things like that. But I was oh, doing wow. that before. But no more hard shots, no more double shots. Wow. Literally, I have been no good. more Hennessy cigars. That's not a uh, full drink. That's a cocktail. That thing be strong as hell. Though. Like I can't tell that it's mixed. But I have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but being that I have this device in my car, yeah. it has made me, um, it's disciplined me to know, okay, know your limit, know how much time it takes mm-hmm. once you had a drink before you know that you're you good to be able to get right. in the car. So that's another thing, you know, once this device comes off, which will be in December, uh, not December, no, September of this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, um, yeah. Once... Once, once it comes out, you know, it's just making sure that I still follow that same kind of uh, steps that I've been taking, you know, because at this point, once it comes out of the car, mm-hmm. um, I still have two more years of probation where I cannot, you know, allow myself to be in a position, okay, you got pulled over. I don't even want to be questioned. Right. You know, I just want to do what I have to do. It's, How much did that make your insurance go up? Um, a lot? A little? Not really much. I okay. think my insurance company, you know, outside of the drinking, I've always been a speeder. Okay. So I get... It's always been high. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Oh, wow. If my insurance go over $60, I'm wow. like losing uh, my mind. Jesus. Oh, mine's went up like almost $200. And oh, three no, baby. A month. I was pissed. No, baby. And they're I just now going to fall off. Well, can we say it's safe to say that maybe the friends are not to blame 
for the toxic things that you did, but they definitely contributed to it. So now without them being around, you're no longer, you know, doing some of those dysfunctional things. And I think, and to also tie off of that, it wasn't the act of what happened to me mm-hmm. that I that I'm calling the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It's from there was the fact that I was able to step back to take care of that, mm-hmm. where I started to be able to see exactly where the dysfunction lie in the friendship as a whole. So you need to be so set down. It didn't have basically. anything. Yeah, it didn't have anything to do with my DUI or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That was just uh, what do they call that? What do they call that? That was just like an association to what was going on. Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. What they, I think it's called something else. It's like when you... Like if people get shot in the hood or something like that, it's called... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, something? No. Accomplice? Nah, no. Uh-uh. It's something else. Okay. But a cost of association or something like that. There it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I just feel like it, me taking that step back and honestly thanking God for Bay because Bay made sure that I took care of all of my business. That's right. Literally, like, it was to the point where I was trying to run from it, procrastinate from it, and it's like, no matter what, mm-hmm. I'm still going to have to deal with it at some point in mm-hmm. time. And me being able to just go ahead and just bite the bullet and just go for it right then, mm-hmm. it was easy and it just threw me off because these so-called friends and family members right. could not, you know, be supportive or, you know, be charismatic to what was going wow. on to be somebody that, like, cares for something like that, you know? Yeah. Right. I want to say that your Judas will bring you to your purpose. Don't doubt the plan that God has for you. And also, don't correct me to make me feel bad, but correct me to help me to become better. Right. Like so, some shit, some some shit that's gonna happen. It may not feel good, and don't like beat yourself up. But it's taking you to a better place. Mm-hmm. And if you are gonna help me, help me, be, help me to become better and not down me right. in the situation of this learning curve. Right, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, and to tie into that topic, you know, I seem like I just laid out a lot on the table. To bring that back into topic, I feel like what the part that I said having healed from mm-hmm. is because. I haven't healed from the mistrust. I feel like I throw that trust out to people and Mm -hmm. I feel like they abuse that trust. So even with me separating and still seeing the light of all the stuff that's still going on, it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, I can't believe this. And I trusted you to be different or I trusted you to do better. I trusted you to be this way and you turn that way, you know? So it, it, it just and I don't know how that how that's gonna be like moving forward, like dealing with other people. I just I've just been in a space of no new friends. Yeah. Literally sticking around with the people that have had me from and, and the cold yeah. part about it is these same people that that were toxic were the same people that were trying to drive a wedge in between the relationships that I had with myself and other people that they used to be cool with. Wow. And so you yes. come to different realizations and you mm-hmm. start to see the bigger picture mm-hmm. as you go through and deal with certain things and a lot of things start to come into the light. That's right. And so it's just like, okay, again, God, thank you, Jesus, for giving, for giving me the discernment, giving me the vision to be able to see into things like that. So it's like, okay, I'm glad I removed myself, mm-hmm. but... I haven't healed from the mistrust, so I don't I don't look for myself to like try to tag on to have friends, right. new friends that are going to try to build into something different. I feel like I'm fine with the friends that I have. That you have, yeah. And I know in my heart that they mean well for me. They look out for my best interests at heart. They, you know, look out for my happiness and stuff like That's that. Right. You know, they're genuine mm-hmm. friends. So let go and let God. That part right there. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Transparency Talk. <laughs> As these episodes progress, we get deeper and deeper into some um, real life issues and stuff. If you guys have questions um, in regards to the DUI situations, please feel free to DM. I'm sure Adrian will not mind sharing his experience. Um, even, you know, offering some words of wisdom 
so that you don't get into the same situation. Also realizing that separating yourself from dysfunction and is not it's not a bad thing, you know, and you can heal from it. It doesn't mean that you're holding anger or a grudge or anything like that. You are just simply moved on. Not everybody is meant to be in um you know, in our lives continually. They're just seasons. And don't yeah. be embarrassed or ashamed to move on. Don't think yes. that you have to stay around because of what somebody else is going to say because whatever they say doesn't define you. And if you allow yourself to become afraid, then you are not 100% with yourself. And you need to always be 100 with yourself because you are the only person that can make your own path. That's mm-hmm. right. Your mind, your brain, your social. There it is. And this is Shay. You can check me out at Shay on Purpose. This is Adrian. You can check me out at A-S-C-W-A-L-K. And this is Charles from Word on the Street is. And stay tuned for another episode of Transparency Talk. We appreciate you guys um, for listening. Don't forget to share. um, Invite people in. Send us even topics that you might want to hear. If you want to join in, let us know. We're here to be transparent.